helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. People make mistakes. We're human, so it's to be expected. But what's been happening lately seems to go way beyond simple human error. Our national debt is over $34 trillion. Our southern border is leaking like a sieve, all because our government cannot follow the laws they create. Then we have this craziness of the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin disappearing for several days. It seems that up is down, left is right. Sanity is almost as rare as common sense. You know, if somebody were to drop in from outer space and take a look at this country right now, they might think we're running a three-ring circus. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach our rising generation to be free. I am so glad you could join me today. I'm sure pretty much every generation thinks things are crazy, and they probably are. But I'm sorry, I look around at what's going on the last few years and even the last few days, and I'm like, who's running this this insane? Have the have the lunatics actually started running the asylum? I think they have. I guess part of the question is, well, what are we the people going to do about it? Let's start by looking at the uh, at the border. Now, there's a couple things that I want to make a point of. Right, a country, a nation, the people of a of a nation have the right to set up a border. To say, these are our boundaries, and we get to control who's allowed to come in and under what circumstances. Now, some nations will use that and, and, and be fair, as well, as, as America did for many, many generations. Some of them will use it to be evil, such as, uh, say, East Germany or the, the Warsaw Pact that set up borders and walls to keep people from leaving. But what's been going on at the southern border, the dereliction of duty, the complete unwillingness to even attempt to enforce the law. That's a level of crazy that uh, I'm surprised. Part of me is surprised the American people put up with. Part of me looks on with dismay to say, have we really fallen to that level of corruption, insanity, that level of uh, apathy that we'll watch as our our laws are ignored, and nobody seems to do anything about it. It's like we keep waiting for someone to do something. Meanwhile, nobody does anything. Well, they're starting to do some things. I mean, you had, uh, was it Texas and Florida started saying, hey, you want all these illegal, these illegal aliens? Hey, we'll send them to you. They come to our locale and say, hey, where do you want to go? Oh, New York City, Chicago, D.C., be my guest. Here, have them. We'll send them to you. Of course, now that they're dealing with it, uh, they're not quite so happy with this idea. And of course, Texas has started doing some things, right? They put up that, that floating barrier and, and they started, uh, um, they passed a law to allow um, Texas law enforcement to enforce immigration law. I mean, they're actually saying we're going to enforce the law. At least we are here. And to add to that, three additional counties have um, uh, declared that uh, the border is, there's an invasion. This brings a total number of 50 counties within Texas 
that have declared the, the what's going on at the southern border as an invasion. Now, I've talked before about the legal definition of invasion, and yeah, it isn't quite a legal invasion, but by the legal terms. But the the number of people coming across, both you know, well, they're all technically criminals, but we're talking about people who otherwise are law abiding, right? Or those who are just flat out criminals, terrorists, and who know, who knows what. But the fact that the federal government refuses to take any serious action. Sure, you know, they're, they're always saying, give us more money, give us more money. You're not using the money that you got to do what you were told to do. Congress passed money to build a wall, and, well, let's see, three years into his administration, Biden seems to be, finally be thinking, yeah, maybe we'll actually build some of that. You have the, the, the Biden administration has gone out of their way not to stop illegal immigration, but to help it. Sure, come in here. Forget the you know the 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 laws about entry. Just show up at our border, claim to be asylum. We'll give you a ticket and uh, some money and a cell phone and 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 ship you wherever you want to go within the nation. And uh, yeah, maybe three five years we'll have a, a hearing to see whether or not you're supposed to be here. Meanwhile, they keep saying you know hey come on in. You don't have the legal right to be here. Come on in anyway. The uh, the fifty counties are all claiming that uh, um, they're doing this because of the the invasion clause of the um, uh, of the Constitution. Now, the, the interesting the U.S. Constitution says as Article Four, Section Four says the United States shall guarantee to every state a, uh, in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Okay, so, but invasion, again, it has a serious, it has a legitimate legal term, meaning, a legal definition. According to the Free Legal Dictionary, invasion is the entry of a country by a public enemy making war. So the question is, are the people coming across the border making war? You can't, cl you can't claim it's, it's a single country because, well, there are aliens from many countries around the world that are coming across our border. So I think we have a problem with the, the using the term invasion. Now, uh, also, uh, apparently, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, Article 6, Section 7 of the state constitution states that the governor, the governor has the legal authority to command the Texas military forces and to call them up to suppress insurrection and to repel invasions. Now listen, um, I am fully behind the idea that the, Tex the Texas, as a state, has the legal authority to enforce their border, especially their international border. Right? We're not talking about people who are legally, you know, somebody, when I drive to Texas, I'm going, I'm going across an internal border that I have the legal authority to cross. Right? Crossing internal borders is protected by the Constitution. I have the legal authority to do so. I don't have the legal authority to cross an international border without passing certain rules. So, for example, you know, going into Mexico, um, I, I'm crossing. I need a passport. Uh, depending on on what country I'm going to, I may need some some visa or other diplomatic documentation. And that's all really Texas is is trying to do. And I think what Texas is, they just got fed up with it. They just got fed up with the whole, with the whole mess with having to deal with the consequences of the uh, um, 
what, what, what do they call them? The armchair liberals, the, uh, the, the, the ones that are the, they're sitting in their, their little places and they don't suffer the consequences of their opinions. You know, like a Martha's Vineyard. Remember when Florida sent some of these, these aliens to Martha's Vineyard and the first thing they did was ship them out? So I think Texas just got fed up. Now, what's interesting is take New York City, right? New York City, they're dealing with the consequences of their own standard, right? They have decided they would be a sanctuary city. They have decided that uh, they will not uh, enforce the law when it comes to people entering the country, remaining in the country illegally. And then once they had to suffer the consequences of that, well, now all of a sudden Mayor Adams gets... um, he, now he gets all bent out of shape. Of course, the first thing he does is he goes down to D.C. and he goes crying to, to Biden saying, you know, these people are being mean. They actually thought we meant it when we said we would protect you and care for you and, and, and give you all of this stuff. They actually thought we meant it. They did. And, of course, he walked away empty-handed. Well, now he's got a new one, and you're going to love this. So Mayor Adams of New York City signed an executive order just before the the new year, um, requiring at least 32-hour notice of any migrant buses that are coming to a city. Okay, who was supposed to notify, uh, uh, to give notice to the city of New York? Is it the, the state that's shipping them? Is it the federal government? Somehow it seems to be the that uh, Mary Adams thinks it's the bus companies. Because the city is now suing 17 bus companies for transporting, uh, they call them migrants, I call them aliens, to the Big Apple. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Okay, this has got to be one of the most obvious examples of transference I've ever seen. See, he says that, that they cannot uh, afford to deal with the, the, the Texas's problems. Um, excuse me, sir, but it wasn't it you as part of your campaign that encouraged the people to come to New York City? That, that said, we will be a sanctuary city? Uh, was that part of your campaign? Wasn't it the city of New York that said, we will provide food and housing for anybody who comes here, regardless of whether they are legally here or not in this country or not? You've been the the one asking Texas to pay the cost of your reckless uh, 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 decisions to invite people to break the law to come to this country. Now you're just having to suffer the the consequences of your own actions. Today, our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. So what is, is it, Mr. Adams? You couldn't get your way suing the, the, the state of Texas, so now you're going after the, the bus owners, the, the people who are simply transporting people le- within this country legally. They, is, is, that, is that what you're saying? I mean, you keep claiming that, that Governor Abbott is trying to overwhelm your social services system what about your actions to help overwhelm the social services systems of the state of Texas? You worry about a, a couple of years of having to deal with the consequences of your desire to be a sanctuary city. Mr. Abbott and the people of Texas have dealt with this for 
decades, decades, they have had to bear the brunt of the limousine liberal who says, oh, just let people come in here. Don't actually make them pass, follow the law. Now you're having to suffer part of the consequences of that. And really, why pick on the, uh, the, the bus companies? These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. What state law? Naming, article, verse, section. What state law have they violated? And where do you get the gall to say that it's the bus company's responsibility to provide for the people they transport from one place to another? It, it, it certainly isn't your, your executive order, which is simply an, an attack on these bus companies, because I guess you've got no one else left to attack. And that's why we're suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bus here in the last two years by the state of Texas. But you just said you're not suing the state of Texas. You're suing the bus companies. Did the bus companies get $700 million for transporting them? And again, what is the law that they broke? Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Mr. Adams, you've been using these illegal aliens as political pawns pretty much since you came on the national stage. In fact, every mayor of every sanctuary city, every governor of every sanctuary state has, done, has used these, these, these illegal aliens as political pawns. Now you're just upset that you've been outflanked by someone else. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. How about you, Mr. Adams? You've been breaking law, haven't you? I mean, you certainly encourage people to break the law when you encourage them to come to your city for services, right? Because it's illegal to transport um, people here illegally around the country. It's illegal to actually transport them. It's a violation of federal law. What about the, the why are you maliciously prosecuting bus companies from all they're doing is fulfilling a contract that says, we're going to transport someone from here to there. Tell me, when, uh, uh, if a criminal jumps on an airplane and flies to, to, to New York City, are you going to sue the, airplane, the airline for transporting somebody who, who is a criminal across state lines? I, I'm sorry, you might as well stick a big red nose on your, uh, on your face, big floppy red things, and goofy-looking hair, because you, sir... This is this sound. You sound like a bozo. You sound like bozo the clown from my childhood, because what your statement here is is it's well. It's again better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. And speaking of that, who is the queen of opening her mouth and proving herself a fool? That's right, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, here she is. She was being interviewed. On, I think so, on The Daily Show, and being asked about uh, what can be done to deal with the, the immigration crisis and, and the influx in New York City. What can be done at the federal level to help? Well, here's the thing, is that I think whether, from, from all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now, you can fix that by trying to build a wall, or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path to citizenship. What? 
So you're saying the way to deal with crime is you just not make it a crime anymore. People that are undocumented, they don't have documents because they didn't enter the country legally. If they entered legally, they'd have documents. They came in here illegally, so they don't have documents. So her answer is, well, just give them documents. Pretend that they... I know we can solve murder. We can solve murder today. I can stop all of the murder in the United States today. We just will decriminalize murder. We'll call it something else, but we'll make it, we won't criminalize murder. That's the level of thinking that represents people in Congress. I don't know what's worse is if that level of thinking is considered really intelligent thinking in that district, which apparently it is because, as you heard, people were cheering. I know, we'll just not, we'll just document all the people who broke the law to get here. And they think that will solve the problem. It's not the fact that they don't have documents. It's the fact that the people broke the law to get in here. And it's the fact that our government in the executive branch right now is doing everything they can to encourage them to break the law to get here. And the legislative branch is doing diddly squat to fix the election laws that encourage, that make it difficult for people to come here legally. Again, big red nose, big floppy hair, funny looking hair, Bozo the Clown. Now listen, I ran a little long there, so I got to jump out and take a break. Before I go, though, I want to remind you that it's a great idea to make AmericaOutloud.news a daily stop for news and information. But I want you to do more. See, it's more important than ever that we take these, these stories, these articles, these podcasts, these videos, and we share them. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. 
For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Today, we're talking about the three-ring circus that the United States seems to have become. I spent the first segment talking about the border and and how different entities are dealing with it. And those are all political positions. From, you know, Eric Adams suing the bus companies to AOCs, well, we'll just make everybody legal and voila, the problem goes away. Those are all political positions. This story, the 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 the, the defense secretary Lloyd Austin story. That's something different. That's not politics. That's basically, I, I don't. It, 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 it's it's how you run anything. So by now you've heard that um, Secretary Lloyd Austin, uh, apparently, just before Christmas, went into the hospital to have a a minor elective surgery. Something we, as far as I, at this point, I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. He went in to have a minor surgery. Now, apparently believing it would be a minor surgery that he wouldn't be out of touch for very long, he didn't tell anybody. The problem was he had some complications. As I understand it, he had the surgery, he went home, but that night he was having some complications. He went into the, they would take him to the, to the hospital again. He actually ended up in the intensive care unit because of the problems he was having. The problem is, people who should have known were not notified. So apparently for three days, three days, the defense secretary was unavailable. He was in the hospital. And um, the National Security Council didn't know. The president didn't know. The Pentagon didn't know didn't bother to notify the White House. You, you know, the commander-in-chief, yeah, they didn't bother to notify him. In a, a statement by uh, Chuck Nagel, the uh, defense sec- one of the defense secretaries under Obama, he said, the NSC, the National Security Council, is part of your team. It's part of your family. The president has to know where his cabinet members are at all times. I would kind of agree with that. I kind of think of that. I, I remember when uh, was it President Reagan was having some minor procedure, and it required that he go under anesthesia. And uh, as required by the 25th Amendment, he um, sent a letter to Congress saying, hey, I'm going to be unavailable uh, starting at this time. Uh, my power will transfer to the uh, uh, vice president as acting president. and." Um, then uh, when I get when I come back out of anesthesia, I'll let you know and I'll resume my powers. So that's a a logical process for dealing with the, the, the powers. I mean, even when I was in corporate America, you didn't leave unless you had brought someone up to speed to fill in while you were out, whether it was be a medical condition or just taking time off. 
Now, what's interesting is, as I as I understand it, um, January first is when Mr. Austin went into the ICU. Um, that, uh, but again, it was like three days before the president was was notified. Now, this brings to mind a, a lot of so several questions. Um, first of all, is you know the the competence of Mr. Austin. Uh, in a statement, he said, I, I understand the media uh, concern about transparency, and I recognize I could have done a better job ensuring the public was appropriately informed. This is not about the public being appropriately informed, Mr. Austin. This is about the commander-in-chief being properly informed. Now, whether or not he would have known what was going on, that's a whole other statement. But the question is, you were unavailable as a Secretary of Defense. And your boss didn't know about it. All right, the um, the minor surgery. Okay, all right, maybe your deputy is in charge. But even then, there's questions about that because his deputy was on vacation. I believe she's in Puerto Rico. And according to some statements, she, even she didn't recognize what was going on. She didn't know that uh, uh, Mr. Austin was in the ICU. So okay. You're having a minor procedure. You might say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to have something done. I may be out of it for a day or so, and your 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 deputy will cover." That's one thing. When they took him to the ICU, who at the Pentagon, who on his staff, should have said, "Okay, you know what? The Secretary of Defense is unavailable." Is the deputy available? Is the deputy aware that the principal is unavailable? You must take over those responsibilities. Apparently not. Is the commander-in-chief aware of the fact that his defense secretary is, is, is unavailable for medical reasons? Apparently not. See, this is a Keystone Cop moment. These are people running around, it looks like it, without knowing what's going on. Now, a lot of people are claiming, well, you see, it was, a, it was a lack of transparency. No, no, no. The fact that the president, the National Security Council, and apparently even top leaders at the Pentagon did not know of the um, status of Mr. Austin is not a question of a lack of transparency. That's a lack of command and control. Listen, I'm no expert on this, but as I understand it, when the president issues orders to the military, he does it through the uh, Secretary of Defense. Now, what would have happened if, say, I don't know, maybe there was an attack of some sort, something that required an immediate military response? How much time would have been wasted going around? Where, where, where's, where's, where's Lloyd? Where's Mr. Where, where's, where's? SecDef, where is he? Where's his deputy? Oh, deputy's on vacation. Um, we got to get the deputy somewhere where the deputy can start issuing the orders that the SecDef should be issuing, but we can't because you don't know where the SecDef is because you would think at the highest levels of our government, this would be worked out. There'd be a plan in place that says, hey, if, uh, if, if SecDef Let's say he had a heart attack or a stroke or a seizure or, I don't know, a bicycle accident and was unconscious. 
there would be processes and procedures in place to notify the appropriate people while he was being treated. Not that I want that to happen, but you would think that would be the, the, the way things, the way things, the fact that at the top of our defense department, there are not processes in place to deal with a situation such as this. I find that, again, this is, we're basically watching the clowns come out of the clown car. You know, first it was Austin, it was SecDef, then it was the deputy. You know, you got leaders here and NSC. It literally looks like a bunch of clowns jumping out of a car, running around like crazy, nobody knowing what's going on, nobody knowing what to do because a man was sick. But thank God, it sounds like um, Mr. Austin is going to recover, that uh, that he will be fine. But you have to wonder, what ha- you know, you, you talk about plan for the, you know, prepare for the, what was it, no, uh, prepare for the worst, pray for the best. You hope the best happens, but you always want to be prepared for the worst to happen. And it looks like we weren't. Now, there are reports coming out that uh, Mr. Austin's job is not in danger, that he's not going to be fired for being MIA for days without telling anyone. Now, well, listen, when he was in ICU, um, maybe it wasn't his job to say that. That, that, that might be true. Maybe it was, you know, uh, his, his aide, his chief of staff, somebody you would think would have said, hey, you know, you have the job of doing this. Maybe it wasn't Mr. Austin that dropped the ball when it came to the initial ICU visit. However, the initial, hey, I'm going to be out of touch for a while because of a, um, a, a medical condition when he was um, still in ICU but conscious, you would think, hey, has anybody told the president I'm in here? Again, we're not talking about, hey, you know, if I disappear for a few hours, my wife might be concerned, my daughter might be concerned, but, um, you know, the world doesn't care. We're talking about the Secretary of Defense. Now, I would hope at some point there'd be an investigation. Uh, they would look at where the breakdown in communication was, looked at why uh, were there procedures that were missing, uh, if there were procedures that weren't followed, why were they not followed? I would hope that this would happen. But again, we're dealing with the clowns here. This is the three-ring circus. So my guess is if there's an investigation, uh, the American public won't know what's going on. They will, we, won't, we will probably never really find out what happened uh, during those days when SecDef was unavailable. But take a look for another side. Imagine you're Putin or she. Imagine you're one of the people that are not real happy with us. And you're going, they had days where their sec def was in the hospital and nobody knew? Hmm. Maybe if I've got plans to cause some disruption, you know, like uh, uh, increase my invasion of Ukraine or or go after another one of the the former Soviet satellites, or or maybe annex Taiwan. Maybe I should do it while this Keystone Cop bunch is in place. Because who knows if they're going to have a clue of what they're going to do next. 
Then again, look at it from the other side. Imagine you're Taiwan or Israel or Ukraine, one of the states that is has put their their future their future protection in the hands of the United States. You know, Taiwan has has a defense treaty, I believe, with the United States. They they look to the United States to protect them from communist China. Ukraine signed a deal to give up their nuclear weapons when the Soviet Union broke up in exchange for being protected by the United States and the EU. You've got to look at this clown show and say, are these the people that are going to protect us? Is, is this what I can expect as, as the people that I'm depending on to protect me and my family? Now, I agree. People make mistakes. Um, and uh, there's always going to be one mistake you hadn't thought of. Now, maybe that's all this will turn out to be. Who knows? Maybe somebody in on, on SecDef staff dropped the ball. They were supposed to notify somebody, and they didn't. Maybe it was simply assumed. Maybe it was a written procedure that just didn't get followed. Who knows? We'll find out. I hope one day we'll find out. I'm just not really expecting it. So there's a lot of consequences to this uh, particular clown show. And the idea that um, by handling situation badly, this is not unique to this presidency, but this administration does seem to have its fair share of how can we do things the wrong way that has an impact on us all. Now, in a perfect world, again, we'd know what was going on. We could correct the error and go from there. But part of the problem with the lack of transparency we have in so much of our administrations is we don't learn from our mistakes, which means we're doomed to repeat them. I don't know of another way around it. I look at this situation again. I, I a lot of people seem to have a a, a big issue. Oh my God, he was out of. My guess is, what we're looking at is a simple mistake, a mistake in judgment, maybe an error by an by an underling. Certainly, a, a an issue that should be looked at and, well, learned for from next time. The problem is the clowns, they never seem to learn. And as usual, it turns out to be we the people that end up suffering the consequences. Now, I have to take another break. Uh, before I do, though, um, you know, it's wintertime, cold and flu season. I guess now we should call it COVID and flu season. And it's easier to get sick. You're indoors more. The air is dry. You rub your nose. There's a lot of ways of getting sick. I know when I travel, I often come back with, well, I like to call it the crud. So I'm always looking for a way to remain healthy, especially when I travel. And you know what? I found it. I found something that includes over a dozen immune supplements in a single travel-ready gel pack. It's designed to support my immune system while I'm on the go. It's Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell. It works very, very well. I love the fact that they're these gel packs. I just throw a couple in my bag when I leave, and I take one every day 
while I'm on the road. And you can take them directly like I do. You can mix them in a drink and drink them that way. But it helps boost your immune system so you don't get sick. Now, because you listen to America Out Loud, you can get 25% off your first order of Immune Super Boost or anything from HealthyCell.com's website. You can find out how by going to AmericaOutloud.shop and finding the Immune Super Boost card. It has all the details. So again, please check that out. Check out Healthy Cell's great products. I use several of them. But if you want to find out about the discount, go to AmericaOutloud.shop. You can get all the details and the discounts from there. While you're checking out websites, hey, check out ConstitutionStudy.com if you would. Maybe sign up for a mailing list or great, ask a question. I love answering questions here on the radio. All of it's available right there at the website, ConstitutionStudy.com. And if you haven't already, please check out the Patriots page on that site. You can take the boot camp absolutely free. Learn about what we're doing there at the Patriots. You can find it all at the website at ConstitutionStudy.com. The out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discussed the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Today we're talking about the clown show, the three-ring circus uh, that is the federal government. In many ways, the United States of America as a whole. We've already talked about the southern border and the immigration nightmare. We talked about Lloyd Austin and really who's running in the government, who's in charge. Well, let's close out with a couple of other ideas. Now, the one thing that seems to be constant in this country is deficit spending. Uh, you'd say that uh, Congress spends money like a drunken sailor, but that's an insult to drunken sailors. Well, recently, you know, last year they they uh, were coming up on a spending uh, limit where they you know they, they didn't have money to spend for the government, so they came up with this deal um, to well we'll put we'll kick the can down the road a little bit, and they split the baby in half. They said we're you know we'll deal with half of this in January and half of this in February. Which I suppose is not the, the, the worst of solutions, but it certainly isn't the best. Well, now the Republicans in the House and the Democrats in the Senate have come up with a, a deal. And, um, well, let's say that it doesn't please everybody. That's kind of, that's kind of expected. But um, here's the other thing. They're talking about another $1.59 trillion in 2024. They, they want to... They want. They talk about the top line constitutes one point five nine trillion dollars, according to uh, uh, Johnson in a letter he sent to uh, other House members. That includes eight hundred eighty-six billion dollars for defense and seven hundred four billion for non-defense. By the way, remember th th this is for the re rest of twenty twenty-four, which is less than a year. Remember our fiscal year and September thirtieth. And of course, everybody's saying, well, you know, Chuck Schumer said we got uh, uh, deals for this, and, and other people said you got deals for that. Um, but here's the, the, the clown show. Um, America, the only reason America isn't legally bankrupt is because the United States can print its own money. Uh, that, that is it. If the United States were a business, a corporation, um, or any other legal entity, it would have been declared bankrupt decades ago, or at least years ago. The, the deficit just crossed $34 trillion, trillion, trillion dollars. $34 trillion. That is a mil $34 million, million dollars. That's oh, well, something like, uh, was it, uh, I forget what the actual number is per person. It's like $4,500 per person. But what bothers me even more, or I shouldn't say more, but what also bothers me is we can't seem to, get, to even get these members of Congress to follow the law. See, federal law requires that the Congress pass a budget, a plan on spending. It also requires that Congress pass 12 appropriations bills for the 12 major sections of the government. We haven't done that for over 20 years. It's the law, but they don't pay any attention to the law. They keep coming up with these, these last-minute spending sprees, these last-minute omnibus bills that are full of, well, they keep claiming, we need to do this, keep the government running. You know what? At this point, shut it down. Let's just shut it down. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's cap borrowing and shut the stupid thing down because, well, first of all, they never actually shut down the government. They only shut down the quote-unquote non-essential parts of government, which I love. If, we, if they're not essential, why do we have them? 
But how about we just shut down the government? We, we freeze everything in place. You can collect the taxes you've already you've already levied on us, and you got to pay everything out of that. What's really sad is if we simply limited the government, the federal government, to spending what it is constitutionally authorized to spend money on, what it's constitutionally authorized to collect taxes for, that being to pay the debts of the United States, for the common defense of the United States, and for the general welfare of the United States, capital U, capital S, proper noun, the very proper noun used in the Tenth Amendment says, if we don't tell you you can do it, you can't do it. If all we did was limited the federal government to those three things, we'd have this deficit licked in a, in a decade. I don't mean we'd, we'd start spending it up. We literally would, the budget would be balanced, the, um, uh, the deficit would be gone in roughly a decade or so. See, most of this money that they are haggling over is money they're embezzling from the American people because they're not spending it for what they're legally authorized to spend money on. And they, you know, rather than saying, okay, we've got to be adults about this. We have to be reasonable about this. Well, let's make a budget. Let's, okay, we're not going to agree on everything, but let's, let's make a budget and let's do appropriations. No, we don't do that. Now, um, you know, Speaker, uh, um, excuse me, Speaker uh, uh, Jackson, uh, Johnson, I mean, has, has tried. Before him, Speaker McCarthy has tried. They haven't succeeded. But part of the reason they haven't succeeded is, is twofold. One is the Republicans have a very, they, they lead a very small majority in the House. Very, very small, minuscule majority. So he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. They, the, you know, any Republican can wield an awful lot of, of sway because you get two or three Republicans that say, we're not going to vote for this, and it's dead. The other is the Senate refuses to negotiate. I love when the Senate says, you know, the Senate says that the House is, is playing with our, our, our budget, playing with, no, you are. You're refusing to negotiate. And to, to negotiate in good faith means you're going to have to give up something. You're not going to get everything you want. That's the definite, definition of negotiation. And then to add a third item to this, which I might as well, is the president has refused to negotiate. Oh, he claims he wants to negotiate until it actually comes to negotiate. His idea of negotiation is you give me what I want, you take it, and, and that's negotiating. And that's the mess that we're in. So we end up with decades of fiscal mismanagement, of embezzlement, of, um, I don't I don't almost call it fiscal fraud. And it keeps going and going and going because the American people are more interested in donkeys and elephants than they are in actually, oh, I don't know, fiscal responsibility. They'll whine and cry about inflation or, or high interest rates, not realizing it's this clown show that causes it. Yes, your inflation, you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, and you see the rising prices, and you, you whine and complain and stomp your feet. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Congress that causes inflation. It's not the big bad corporations. It is Congress, because only Congress has the authority to make money up out of thin air. Inflation is not an increase in prices. It's a devaluing of the dollar. And how do you devalue the dollar? You print more of them without anything to back them up. All this inflation you, that you're whining and crying about, it is these 
clowns and their unwillingness to actually govern, to actually establish a budget, to appropriate funds normally. Nope, they'd rather play brinksmanship because they know they'll always win. They know that that uh, you know the, the Democrats know the Republicans will always cave, and the Republicans know that the Democrats will always stick to the line because they're never held accountable for their fiscal malfeasance. They are never held accountable. Now, granted, individually, I mean, you, you can't hold them criminally responsible, but guess what? You're going to keep voting for these idiots? If you voted for an existing member of Congress who has voted for any of these bills, you voted for high inflation. You, the American people, did it. You voted for inflation. You voted for this fiscal mismanagement. Do you want to know why? You ever heard of the BRICS countries? Was it uh, Brazil, Russia, and I forget who else? They're, they're trying to set up a new reserve currency. They're trading for oil in something other than dollars. Do you know why? They don't want, because the United States has been in control. We've been the reserve currency of the year since the world since World War II because we had a stable economy. And when we borrowed money and promised to pay it back, we meant it. Well, guess what? $34 trillion deficit, people don't really believe you're going to pay that back anymore. They're really only hoping you'll pay the interest so that they can make their money back. But they don't really believe you're going to pay off your debts. No. So people are looking for something else. Which, of course, also increases prices because um, that that reserve currency gives us uh, better interest rates. People are more willing to trade with us in dollars. And it gives us better interest rates, which... Now the interest rates are going up. Now, when you go to you go to buy a car or a home, and you see the interest rates again, it's the fiscal mismanagement of this clown show in Congress that we've all voted. We've all voted for these people. I don't care who you are. You voted for these people because you've had an agenda. You've had a a an, an issue that you thought was more important than actually balancing the budget, than actually using some sort of fiscal restraint than something other than just throwing money at whatever problem you can, whether you're legally authorized to or not. Why? Because you've been bribed by all that money. See, a lot of that money that, that Congress embezzles from you every year, they use to do things that you want, like, oh, gr federal grants and defense contracts and co other Federal, other federal contracts and, and programs to pay for your, your, your retirement or your Medicaid, your, your medical conditions or food stamps, everything that you don't want to pay for, you pay for by the fiscal mismanagement. That's right. We're all part of this clown show. And just to change gears a little bit, I mean, the, part of the, what's driving our fiscal nonsense in the private sector crazy is this D-I-E. I mean, I know they call it D-E-I. Die sounds more accurate. Well, Google's D-I-E leader, uh, D-E-I leader, uh, Adriel Parker, well, she's very upset about something. In the year 2023, it also amazes me how many people are like, well, I don't see color, or it would be so much better if we just 
didn't worry about someone's skin tone. You as an individual are contributing to the problem because our broader society sees color and it's not just physically seeing a color. There is so much more to it than just that. And if you don't understand that, you are again part of the problem. And it's just to keep telling people that over and over is so frustrating. And I was just on TikTok and there's a trend where parents are teaching their kids not to see color, quote unquote. And I'm like, okay, so the next round of people that are gonna be joining our workforce, this next generation, are gonna be dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with now. Because to say you don't see color, you don't see me. You don't care to acknowledge the struggles that people like me face. And we're not looking for problems. We're not, (laughs) you know? Because I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. You know, in in Adriel Parker's world, Martin Luther King, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's dream is dead. Because she wants people judged by the color of their skin. When we say we don't see color, it doesn't mean we don't see people of color. We don't we don't treat people differently based on the color of their skin. But she's she's concerned. She's concerned. She's amazed that in 2023 there are people that are trying to treat all people of all colors exactly the same as possible, equally. She's shot. She's she's upset that parents are trying to teach their kids not to be racist. Do not treat people differently because of the color of their skin. She's promoting, we have become a racist nation again. I was born in the 60s, so I didn't deal with a lot of that. I, I did deal with some as a young child living in New York City, but we'd gotten to the point where we had a, we had a black man as president. We've had uh, black leaders left, right, and center. Where having, we didn't have segregation. And now, oh no, you have to get that job because you're black. She's a racist. This idea that that she talked about diversity, except she doesn't want diversity. She wants ident- she wants identical skin colors. She doesn't want equity. She call what she calls equity is I get special treatment because I'm black. Yes, hey, tell you this, she's black. Personally, I don't care. She does. She talks about inclusion, except including people of all races and treating them all the same. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a three-ring circus. Border. The running of the executive branch. The deficits. And yes, you have that little pony running around the outside. Of the racists. I don't know what to do. I mean, I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know what to do. See, I'm going around saying I, I don't I don't care. To me, if you're a racist, you're a racist. You're black, you're saying that 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 treating people the same, regardless of the color of their skin, is wrong, you're a racist. I I, I don't care if, if you don't like it or not, you're a racist. You you want to um, 
ignore the laws and then blame somebody else for, for your mistakes? Well, that makes you an idiot. That makes you a clown. You can't run a, a government and keep and have people follow basic common sense procedures. It's a clown show. You throwing money around like it's confetti coming out of a, a of a of a clown carnation or a clown gun. It's a clown show. So all I can do is take my little piece of this earth and treat people the way I would want to be treated. To grant everyone the liberty to live their lives as they see fit without unnecessary external intervention. To promote the dream that Martin Luther King wanted. To be judge people based on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. Now, I may make an impact where I live, but if that's all there is, well, then that's all there is. It's up to you and your neighbors and your friends whether you'll do in your neighborhoods what I'm doing in mine. And that is, forget the clown show, act like an adult, and treat people right. Oh, and by the way, come back every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study. You can hear me on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. Or you can listen on the podcast. Every episode goes to podcast generally a day or two after it's on the radio, talk radio. You can listen to your favorite podcast app, but please subscribe to the show. Lead us ratings and reviews. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But if you don't want America to continue to be a clown show, Take those links, take that information and share them. That's how we share the blessings of liberty.